Welcome to the VP Live Network. Your 30-second countdown has begun. This show is intended for adults of legal smoking age, and as such, the content is not intended for viewers and listeners under the age of 18. Vapor's Place is in no way responsible for the opinions of any host on the VP Live Network. Please grab a vape, sit back, and enjoy the show. Hi, 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 hi. How is everybody? Uh, sorry there was no pre-show. I had company and I don't often have, you know, real life people in my house who aren't related to me. So, yeah, I had company. We had pizza. It was kind of cool. Um, I had, I, I had a bunch of bookmarks set aside to do with the show tonight, but then a friend of mine posted a, a pretend thread for something for sale on Facebook, and I completely changed the route that this show was going to go. Um, so the, the phone lines are on, by the way. Yeah, phone lines are on. Um, so if you want to call me and tell me that I'm an idiot, uh, be my guest. I'm not saying I won't hang up on you for calling me an idiot. I'm just saying the opportunity for you to do so is available. So, we have been talking on and off about batteries and people doing foolish things. And I brought up the topic for the show with my company that was here tonight. And and both of them are vapors too. And um, they fell right along in line with my mode of thinking. Um, when they were relatively new vapors, they had decided that they wanted to get into subohm. And when they were telling me that they wanted to get into subohm, I was not kind or gentle. I I, I really wasn't. Um, and And I say this a lot, and I seriously mean this. I am not against sub-home vaping. I am not against cloud chasing. I am not against people having a cloud competition. Do I think it's silly? Yeah. I I think cloud competitions are pretty fucking silly. I think the places they have them show a huge lack of commitment to converting smokers. But that's, that's a whole other topic. But so when they had decided that they wanted, you know, you, you wanted to do clouds and, you know, and wanted all this sub-ohm stuff, I I basically told him he had no fucking business uh, getting into sub-ohm without some kind of knowledge of battery C ratings and battery chemistry and Ohm's Law. So sorry to anybody listening to this show that's going I know more about this than she's ever going to because chances are you're right Ed the Green I know for a fact you do so you might as well stop listening to this replay right now Ed it's a waste of your fucking time other than to tell me where I screwed up okay so take notes Ed where I screwed up and you know let me know um but there there are resources out there that people should know about and what spurred this was and Ken Johnson thank you very much um, he put up a troll post and, and and he basically he was he was trying to troll Facebook to see what these people knew or didn't know he took a picture and posted a picture of three ultra fire batteries for sale Said they were like 3,400 ma and 50 amp batteries. How long do you think it took to get a response? Less time than it just took me to vape. And somebody wanted to buy them. Now, most of the people in here will know my problem with that. And uh, <laughs> he sent me the post in a PM. And I immediately responded with, 
Not really, right? <laughs> because I was seriously thinking for a minute there that I was going to have to uh, probably lose a friendship over the conversation that was going to take place. And no, he said, no, not really. He was, he was just seeing what would happen. And what he thought would happen was exactly what he thought was going to happen. No, nobody, nobody called him an idiot for posting that. Nobody. That's the problem. But people wanted to buy him. That's the bigger problem. I, I talk about, when, when I was on with Kevin and Dino, when we talked about this, you know, the price point on advanced gear is so low now that it's no longer classified or considered advanced gear. A brand new vapor can walk into a vape shop and be talked right into a mech mod with a rebuildable or a 200 watt device and a driver. I don't really have a problem with them having this equipment. I really don't. What I have a problem with is I'm having this equipment and not knowing even the basics. And I don't mean the basics of here's where you put juice in this. Because, you know, that's not even a relevant point at this moment. But here and I don't know and there's probably some people in here that don't know this so you know Battery University is one of my bookmarks and I keep Battery University bookmarked for a reason and and I send people to it to do reading okay there are there is so much information on there it's not overload, though. They have it all separated out so that you can just read a very pertinent thing. Um, charging lithium-ion batteries. Find out how to prolong battery life by using the correct charging methods. Charging and discharging batteries is a chemical reaction, but lithium-ion is claimed to be the exception. Battery scientists talk about energies flowing in and out of the battery as part of the ion movement between anode and cathode. This claim carries merits, but if the scientists were totally right, then the battery would live forever. And we know it doesn't. This claim carries merits... Oh, shit. I skipped that line again. Uh, they blame capacity fade on ions getting trapped. But as with all battery systems... Initial corrosion and other degenerative effects still play a role. Lithium-ion charger is a voltage-limiting device that has similarities to a, the lead-acid battery system. The differences with lithium-ion lie in the higher voltage per cell, tighter voltage tolerances, and the absence of trickle or float charge at full charge. While lead-acid offers some flexibility in the merits of voltage cutoff, manufacturers of lithium-ion cells are very strict on the correct setting because lithium-ion cannot accept overcharge. And see, that's, that's kind of important. This is why we say you need a good charger. Just because they sent some piece of shit $1.50 charger with the kit system you bought does not mean that it is a correct charger you need. They do not all limit overcharge. They don't. You need to know this. This is, this is important shit. Especially if you're one of them people that puts a battery on the fucking charger and leaves it there until you need it. It's important. You, you can get a really good charger on Amazon for $20 delivered to your house in two days done so it's it's important that that piece of shit charger that came with your kit purchase is not necessarily what you should be using it is just the piece of shit that China threw in there to get you to buy it because oh it's a complete kit 
Understand that. The manufacturers of lithium-ion cells are very strict on the correct setting because lithium-ion cannot accept an overcharge. That's important. The so-called miracle charge that promises to prolong battery life and gain extra capacity with pulses and other gimmicks does not exist. Lithium-ion is a clean system and only takes what it can absorb. Charging cobalt blend lithium-ion batteries. Lithium-ion with the traditional cathode materials of cobalt, nickel, magnesium, and alum aluminum. And for the purpose of Tomas, and very boring, I will restate that as aluminum. Typically charge to 4.2 volts per cell. The tolerance is plus or minus 50 mVc. Some nickel-based varieties charge to 4.1. High-capacity lithium-ion may go to 4.3 and higher. Boosting the voltage increases capacity, but going beyond the specification stresses the battery and compromises its safety. Should I say that one again? But going beyond the specification stresses the battery and compromises safety. Protection circuits built into the pack do not allow exceeding the set voltage. Well, I'm going to add to that. Don't count on the protections. Then they have this nice, wonderful little oscilloscope chart that I'm not even going to tell you about. <coughs> uh, the charging stage of the lithium-ion battery. The lithium-ion is fully charged when the current drops to a set level. In lieu of a trickle charge, some chargers apply a topping charge when the voltage drops. Um, I have a charger that does that. The advised charge rate of energy cells between 0.5C and 1C, the complete charge time is about 2 to 3 hours. Manufacturers of these cells recommended, recommend charging at 0.8C or less to prolong the battery life. Most power cells can take a higher charger. The charge efficiency is about 99% and the cell remains cool during charge. Some lithium-ion packs may experience a temperature rise of about 5 degrees Celsius or 9 degrees Fahrenheit when reaching a full charge. This could be due to the protection circuit and or elevated internal resistance. Discontinue using the battery or charger if the temperature rises more than 10 degrees Celsius, which is 18 degrees Fahrenheit, approximately, under moderate charging speeds. Full charge occurs when the battery reaches a voltage threshold and the current drops to 3% of the rated current. A battery is also considered fully charged if the current level off and cannot go down further. Elevated self-discharging might be the cause of this condition. Increasing the charge current does not hasten the full charge state by much. Although the battery reaches the voltage peak quicker and the saturation charge will take longer accordingly. The higher <coughs> With higher current, stage 1 is shorter but the saturation during stage 2 will take longer, and a high current charge will, however, quickly fill the battery to about 70%. Um, guys, if your eyeballs are glazing over, I'm sorry. Um, I, I read this stuff a lot. And because <laughs> Lou Ritter, my, my wonderful friend, Red Rock Hiker, he, he used to make my eyeballs glaze over. He'd start talking about watts and battery C ratings and, and he'd start talking all of this stuff and, and, and my eyeballs would just like glaze right over. And it sounded like the Charlie Brown teacher. You know, you, you know, wah, 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 wah. yeah, that's all I heard. That's it. That's all I heard. And, and somebody in chat pointed out he, he's pretty. Yes, he is. He's very pretty. Um, I'm jealous of his hair. 
Um, but, you know, if you're going to use these cells and you're going to put them under stresses they were never manufactured to perform under, you, you need to make sure that you have a rudimentary level of education in these things. Okay, you're not going to take your four-year-old out and give them the keys to your car and say, here, have at it. We, we just don't do that. Setting somebody up with a sub-ohm setup and thinking, oh, well, you know, what the hell, it's a DNA 200, it'll protect them, is stupid. It, it's like putting your four-year-old in your fucking car and saying, here, have fun. Handing somebody a rebuildable and saying, well, if you do it wrong, it just won't work, is is foolish. We have to care about the people that we're recommending stuff to. And if you don't give two shits about that person, then just shut up. Don't say anything. I'd rather you not say anything than to give them bad advice because, you know, what do you care? This is something that, that new vapors won't even, I mean, you, you don't know the struggle, folks. You don't. And, and I'm not trying to be all, you know, I walked uphill to school three miles every day barefoot in the snow. But until you have a 510 stick battery vent on you because it's an auto, you probably won't understand why we're like this. Every time a battery vents, whether it be in, in an iPhone, which caught fire in an airplane, or whether it be in somebody's 35 millimeter camera flash, or whether it be in an e-cig, what people don't understand is these cells are running so much of the tech in our lives it doesn't even register on people. And the thing I found so funny about that entire iPhone incident. Uh, let me go grab it. because I got I to gotta grab it because I, I posted this shit. It pissed me off. I was, I was not happy. Um, and I, I wasn't. Oh, shit, let me read it to you. Do, 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 do. Oh, yeah, we'll skip right by the whole Common Core thing. Um, and, and here's the thing. Let me read the iPhone story. And I'm sure that most of the people on here will have an issue with the same things I had an issue with. Seattle. A local girl got the shock of her life Thursday night when her iPhone burst into flames mid-air on a flight to Hawaii. Anna Crail says she was watching a movie on the way to spring break when flames started shooting out of her iPhone 6. When it started, I thought we were going down and I was like, oh my god, there's a fire on the plane, Crail said. Idiot. The flight from Bellingham was carrying 163 passengers high above the Pacific Ocean when the fire started. All of a sudden, there was like 8-inch flames coming out of my phone, Krell said from Honolulu. And I flipped it off onto the ground, and it got under someone's seat. And the flames were just getting higher, and a bunch of people stood up. Um, let, me, let me pause there for one of my comedic interludes. Okay. So seriously, my phone catches fire and the first thing I think to do is to flip it off underneath of somebody else's seat. Hmm. I wonder if they said thank you. Alaska Air says its crews are trained for this type of situation and the fire was 
quickly put out. Aviation expert John Nance said that while most airlines have banned hoverboards because of the fire danger, there's very little concern of that happening with cell phones. First of all, it would have to be an occurrence on a daily basis before that would ever be tolerated by the flying public. This is not the sort of situation where you have your hoverboard in the overhead or stuffed in baggage, which is a big concern. The iPhones are almost universal on your persons or right by you. So this is not something that's going to be discovered until it's a problem. Nance said Thursday's fire is another reason to always keep your phone on airplane mode because searching for signal the whole time can wear out your battery. What the What the fuck does that have to do with Oh Lord And my husband's probably listening. Um husband, yeah, I'm cussing. How exactly does that add into this story? Nance said Thursday's fire is another reason to always keep your phone on airplane mode because searching for signal the whole time can wear out your battery. That has absolutely nothing to do with the thing venting. But anyway. Now, the... The part of this article that annoyed the crap out of me was this part. First of all, it would have to be an occurrence on a daily basis before that would ever be tolerated by the flying public. And he's referring to banning them on airplanes. This is not the sort of situation where you have a hoverboard in the overhead or stuffed in baggage, which is a big concern. The iPhones are almost universally on your person or right by you, so this is not something that's going to be discovered until it's a problem. Now, so they, they basically said this... This isn't a huge worry. It's a non-issue. They said it is a non-issue. Now, What was the big argument with everybody wanting them banned on airplanes? They are dangerous. Do y'all remember that? I remember it. I haven't forgotten it. It's not been all that long ago. They're the same types of battery cells, people. One is a non-issue, and the other one is very concerning. Very concerning to the FAA. Imagine that. Okay. Now that I'm done ranting on the on the iPhone being a non-issue. I'll go back to my battery safety. Lithium-ion does not need to be fully charged, as is the case with a lead-acid battery. Of course, you know, if your car battery is not pretty much at a full charge, it's kind of useless. Hmm. 
nor is it desirable to do so. In fact, it is better to not fully charge because high voltage stresses the battery. Did you know that? Choosing a lower voltage threshold or eliminating the saturation charge altogether prolongs the battery life, but this reduces the runtime. Chargers for consumer products go for maximum capacity and cannot be adjusted. Extended service life is perceived as less important. So, when you want to know why your laptop battery starts sucking donkey balls within six months, there's your answer. That's why. Some lower cost consumer chargers may use the simplified charge and run method that charges a lithium ion battery in one hour or less without going to the stage two saturation charge. Ready appears when the battery reaches the voltage threshold at stage one, the state of charge. At this point is about 85%, a level that may be sufficient for many users. Some industrial chargers set the charge voltage threshold lower on purpose to prolong the battery life. Table 2 illustrates battery estimated capacities when charged to the different voltage thresholds with and without saturation charge. Okay. I see your eyeballs starting to glaze over. <sighs> the charge voltage cell of a 3.8 volt battery the capacity at cutoff voltage is like 60%. The charge time is 120 minutes. 3.9 volts is 70% at 135 minutes. 4 volts is 75% at 150 minutes. And we'll jump all the way down to a 4.2 volt battery is 85% at 180 minutes. Typical charging characteristics of lithium ion adding full saturation at the set voltage boosts the capacity by about 10% but adds stress due to high voltage. When the battery is first put on the charge, voltage shoots up quickly. This behavior can be compared to weight lifting with a rubber band causing lag. The capacity will eventually catch up when the battery is almost fully charged. This charge characteristic is typical of all batteries. The higher the charge current is, the larger the rubber band effect will be. Cold temperatures or charging a cell with high internal resistance amplifies the effect. Lithium ion, lithium ion can <clears throat> sorry, lithium ion cannot absorb overcharge when fully charged. The charge current must be cut off. A continuous trickle charge would cause plating of metallic lithium and compromise safety. To minimize stress, keep the lithium ion battery at the peak cutoff as short as possible. Now, in, in genie terms, that means when your charging light turns green, Take the shit off the charger. Just saying. Once the charge is terminated, the battery voltage begins to drop. This eases the voltage stress. Over time, the open circuit voltage will settle to between 3.7 volts and 3.9 volts. Note that a lithium ion battery has received a fully saturated charge. It will keep the voltage elevated for longer than one that has not received a saturation charge. When lithium ion batteries must be left in the charger for operational readiness, some chargers apply a brief topping charge to compensate for the small self-discharge of the battery and its protective circuit. The charger may kick in when the open circuit voltage drops to 4.05 volts and turn off again at 4.2 volts. Chargers made for operational readiness or standby mode often let the battery voltage drop to 4.0 and recharge only to 4.05 instead of the full 4.2. This reduces the voltage related stress and prolongs battery life. 
some portable devices, sit in a charge cradle in the on position. The current drawn through the device is called the parasitic load and can distort the charge cycle. Battery manufacturers advise against parasitic loads while the charging because they induce mini cycles. This cannot always be avoided and a laptop connected to the AC main unit is such a case. The battery might be charged to 4.2 volts per cell and then discharged by the device. The stress level on the battery is high because the cycles occur at the high voltage threshold, often also at elevated temperatures. Laptops get hot? Who knew? Oh, Dentman says Phil put out a video today of his trip to the battery factory. No, I haven't watched it. Damn it, I wish I had. Because if I had, I'd give Phil a hard time and ask him if I could play it on my show. Um, a portable device should be turned off during charge. This allows the battery to reach a, the set voltage threshold and current saturation point unhindered. A parasitic load confuses the charger by depressing the battery voltage and preventing the current in the saturation state to drop low enough by drawing a leakage current. A battery may be fully charged, but the prevailing conditions will prompt a continued charge causing stress. Lithium ion operates safely within the designated operating voltages. However, the battery becomes unstable if inadvertently charged to a higher than specified voltage. Prolonged charging above 4.3 volts on a lithium ion designed for 4.2 will plate metallic lithium on the anode. The cathode material becomes an oxidizing agent. It loses stability and produces carbon dioxide. The cell pressure rises, and if the charge is allowed to continue, the current interrupt device, or CID, responsible for cell safety, disconnects at a bunch of freaking numbers I don't even understand. Should the pressure rise further, the safety membrane on some lithium ion bursts open at about... 3,450 kPa or 500 PSI and the cell might eventually vent with flame. Venting with flame which is what the Yahoo in Florida did carrying around a pocket full of 18650s with his change in car keys. That's why he set his chicken nuggets on fire. Dumbass. Uh, venting with flame is connected with elevated temperature. A fully charged battery has a lower thermal runaway temperature and will vent sooner than one that is partially charged. All lithium-based batteries are safer at lower charge, and this is why authorities will mandate air shipment of a lithium ion at 30% state of charge rather than at full charge. Well, son of a bitch, I didn't know that. How did I not ever pay attention to that? I wondered why they ship batteries dead. Did y'all know that? I didn't know that. Huh. Okay. The threshold for a lithium cobalt at full charge is 130 to 150 degrees Celsius. Nickel magnesium cobalt is 170 to 180, and lithium magnes is about 250C. Lithium phosphate enjoys similar and better temperature stabilities than manganese. Hmm. Lithium ion is not the only battery that poses a safety hazard if overcharged. Lead and nickel based batteries are also known to melt down and cause fire if improperly handled. Of course, we never hear about any of that. Properly designed and charging equipment is paramount for all battery systems and temperature sensing is a reliable watchman. In summary, 
Charging lithium-ion batteries is simpler than with nickel-based systems. The charge circuit is straightforward. Voltage and current limitations are easier to accommodate than analyzing complex voltage signatures. The charge process can be intermittent in lithium-ion, does not need saturation as is the case with lead-acid batteries. This offers a major advantage for renewable energy storage, such as a solar panel, yay for solar, and wind turbine, yay for wind turbines, which cannot always fully charge the battery. The absence of trickle charge further simplifies the charger. Equalizing charger, as is required with lead acid, is not necessary with lithium ion. A simple guideline for, cha for charging lithium-ion based batteries is turn the device off or disconnect the load on the charge to allow the current to drop unhindered during saturation. A parasitic load confuses the charger, which is why of all the devices I've ever had that could be used as a pass-through, pass -through, I have never used any of them as a pass-through. Charge at a moderate temperature. Do not charge at freezing temperatures and do not charge under extreme heat conditions. Lithium ion does not need to be fully charged. A partial charge is better. Not all chargers apply a full topping charge to the battery and, may, and the battery may not be fully charged when the ready signal appears. A 100% charge on a fuel gauge may be a lie. Discontinue using a charger and or a battery if the battery gets excessively warm. Apply some charge to an empty battery before storing it. So there's that. So here's the thing. When, when somebody says, yeah, my mod gets really warm when I'm using it. This is not a good thing. If the batteries in your device are getting warm when you're using them, you're putting too much drain on them. They don't like it. Does that make sense now? I don't think there is enough education on batteries out there and the conditions we're using them in. If your batteries are getting warm, it is a signal that they're not happy. Just think of it like this. Your battery's getting hot under the collar. And hot under the collar has never been, nor will it ever be, a good thing. If you're going to be using rebuildables or even if you're going to go and get yourself a fancy sub-ohm tank, which I can't even say anymore that I have because I lost mine. I'm still very upset. I still haven't found it. I just don't know where it could have gone. I'm quite unhappy. Um, but anyway, so um, if, if even if you're going to go out and you're going to be running one of these sub-ohm tanks that you can get, 
and you can purchase your your um, the heads for it already made you still need to understand what it is that you're doing the lower the ohms are the closer you are to a dead short Now, I, th I think dead short is kind of a bad phrase for it. Because most people hear dead and they think laying there unmoving. It doesn't operate anymore. And unfortunately, dead short conditions with a battery don't mean that. Oh yeah, and everybody in chat's really telling me. And okay, look, it's not it's not the subohm tank that I'm worried about. It's it's the device that it's attached to. That's my problem. Um, it happens to be sitting on my DNA 200 beta, and I'm I'm very very upset that I cannot find that device. Very upset. Um, but anyway, okay, back to this. Back to dead short. I think it's kind of a a, a mis, misnomer um, calling it a dead short because batteries get really ugly when they're dead shorted. Ask the guy that set his chicken nuggets on fire in the convenience store in Florida. What that guy thought he was doing when he put... And 18650 or several 18650s because from the videotape it sure looks like several other batteries fell out of his pocket. I, d I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe it's because I grew up in the old, you know, I, I, I came up through vaping in, in the old school days where everybody put the fear of God into us. Over batteries. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's because. Uh, I had a friend of mine. Vent. A mod. In her face. Years ago. Uh, and, and Par knows. Who this wonderful woman is. I'm sure Dawn does too. Uh, we're clear back in the in the days of Stickum. Uh, there was this really wonderful woman named Shanwood, and uh, she got a mod that took an eighteen six fifty, and then and then it got over, you know, and everybody realized that they could stack. CR123s in these things and instead of being 3.7 volts they could get 6 volts out of these things and man and 6 volts was it by the way 6 volts sucked I I never when I was when I've used voltage devices I have never had a device at over 4.2 volts that I've enjoyed the vape um, I tried 5 volts I thought it was horrible um, but so this, this friend of ours, Shanwood, was talking about how, you know, everybody said her device could be used at 6 volts and, and, and a show host over on the, the Stick'em channel that I was hosting on at the time says, Oh, well, I'll send you a couple batteries to do that with. And this douchebag that I still can't stand, um, and it's because of this exact situation that I, that I still don't like him, um, he sent her some CR123s and she stacked them in there and she hit the button and it vented in her face she had no idea what to do that it could happen or even what happened
like I said, I really can't stand the guy. And it's for this exact situation. She was fine. It chemically vented. Um, it didn't fire vent. Thank goodness. Um, she had black soot crap all over her face. Burned her fingers when she dropped the mod. It burned her carpet. She was okay. That wasn't the point. Come to find out, he bought these wonderful batteries on Alibaba. I would not recommend anybody buy batteries on Alibaba. I wouldn't recommend you buy them on eBay. And I wouldn't recommend you buy them from Fastech. I, w I would recommend you buy your batteries from a vendor that you trust. Because there are a lot of vendors out there that are buying seconds from China. And putting wraps on them. There are all kinds of disreputable companies out there that are doing this. There are a lot of disreputable companies that will make battery shrink wraps for companies with any color they want, with any writing they want. It happens. And it happens all the time. I don't think it happens that these batteries are venting for unavoidable reasons. I think a lot of the time the problems are completely avoidable. And it's operator error. And I think that's the thing that I'm that I'm trying to say. Does it happen? Do accidents happen? Yes. My friend Shan, it was a prime example. Um, and I still think of that woman every time I hear Ozzy. But anyway, it was I, I always had to play Ozzy for her when she would come into my show. She loved Ozzy. And, and women my age, there aren't a lot of us that, that really appreciate Ozzy Osbourne. And, and she was one of them. So, yay, Shan. Um, but it was operator error. It was. Was was it operator error that she she knew? No. No, it was not. But not knowing what they were capable of contributed largely to her accident. To say, well, I didn't know doesn't make you unresponsible. If I drive 60 mile an hour down through the middle of town and say, well, I, I, I didn't know the speed limit was 35. <laughs> it's, it's not the cop's fault. There are there are a lot of people out there now that are are using 18650s that don't understand that some 18650 batteries are a safe chemistry battery and that some of them are circuit protected batteries. There there are different types. An IMR is a safe chemistry battery. So, I mean, there are, and, and that's, th there's a difference. Um, the circuit protected batteries literally have, uh, we're going to call it a built-in fuse. Underneath the battery wrap, and this is partially why everybody says if, you're, if your battery wrap gets damaged, you need to recycle the battery. Because in, in a circuit protected battery, you basically... Underneath of that wrap, there is a fuse that goes from the top to the bottom. 
and if that battery starts to heat up that strip of metal under there melts in half just like a fuse in your car and stops the battery from putting out voltage so yay for that safe chemistry batteries don't have that and 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 that's there's there's more differences in that I'm just too stupid to explain them to you I read all this stuff and I dumb it down into terms that my brain can understand I have never claimed to be a smart person but if I read this information enough I can make it make sense in my head and that's what matters and a lot of what I've said tonight is probably not going to make sense to a lot of people but I hope that what I've said tonight will get people to go to batteryuniversity.com and do some reading if you don't understand Ohm's law and you don't understand why it's important um, you can look that up on the internet uh, there's an Ohm's law calculator uh, ohmslawcalculator.com I mean and it's simple it's voltage equals current times resistance power equals voltage times current um, it is it is important that you have at least some knowledge of this stuff if you're going to use this equipment understand what it is and how it does it and how you should take care of it I don't want any of you people to be on the news I also even though there's a lot of you I don't know what your faces look like I really would still rather them stay in the assemblance of pieces that they're in now in the shape that they're in now and in the case of the guy in Florida um, I'm sure somebody in his life would have preferred that his chicken nuggets stayed uncooked If you're putting a mod in your pocket your mod better have on and off if your mod doesn't have on and off then it doesn't belong in your pocket with a battery in it if you're going to put a battery in your pocket or in your purse it better be in a case it's the smart thing to do I know everybody wants their five seconds of fame I will be perfectly happy and content to live my life out without five minutes of fame if that means that um, I don't have a horrible incident with an e-sig and I don't know how this happened I'm good with that being a nobody is just fine with me somebody is on hold oh let's see hello Michael Kane here hello hello I won two Academy Awards hello I love your show it offers insight the other programs just can't match Hello? Are you there? I don't know if she can hear me. 
I don't know if my microphone's on. Hello? Am I on the air? Maybe my mic is not turned on. Hello? Hello, love? Hello? Hello, hello. Let me turn on my radio and see if she can hear me. Oh, yeah, I'm on the air. Perhaps her mic isn't working. Hmm. Oh, fuck, I stubbed my toe. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Oh, fuck, I stubbed my fucking toe. Ouch. Christ. Fuck. Hello. Hello, hello. Oh, I can't wait for Easter. I've got some big plans. Hello. Michael Kane here. Hello. Michael Kane is funny. <laughs> that was probably the best troll call I've ever received in my entire life. Kevin's going to piss himself laughing when he puts this replay up. Famous people in shit. I just didn't know what to say to him. Oh, and by the way, if anybody else in the in the queue wanted to talk to me, you have to press 1. Even though the, the British lady doesn't tell you that you have to do it anymore, you still do. Otherwise, I'm just going to assume that you're just hanging out there waiting to hear more of some Michael Caine. Um, he did, Kathy. He really did sound like Michael Caine. And the the awesome thing was, is it comes up in the caller ID on Blog Talk as Michael.Caine1933. So, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm assuming it was a soundboard um, because I really can't imagine Michael Caine ever wanting to speak with me. Just so you know. Um, yeah, not going to happen. So, um, the batteries in Ohm's Law was really about all I had for tonight. It really was. Other than, other than the, the wonderful conversation with Michael Caine. He's just so famous. I was just dumbstruck and, and didn't know how to speak with him. So I figured silence was, was best. I was just going to let him speak. Um, you were going to go with that. But if, if you're going to recommend equipment to somebody, make sure they know what it is and make sure they know why they need to know what it is. Um, I, I catch a lot of shit because people now are recommending, uh, sub ohm setups for new people. And I just won't do it. 
I just, I won't do it for the safety aspect and I won't do it because I think there is a lot of education that's needed to go along with that. And oftentimes people don't want to be bothered with that. And if they don't want to be bothered, then it's probably not the right gear for them. That's all. That's all I got, guys. Ed, make sure you let me know what I screwed up. Night, everybody. <laughs>